I was so chronically ill that I was not able to function. I was I was completely debilitated. I'd pass out if you told me to lift something over like hmm. 50, 60, 70 pounds. I literally would like just pass out. I would be so tired. If you told me to walk to the mailbox and back, I would have to go take a nap. Hmm. Essentially what it was is extreme debilitating chronic fatigue. I had liver um, failure uh, symptoms going on. I would like wake up in the middle of the night. I'd start dry heaving. Yeah. I'd have watery in the mouth, and, and typically that is a sign of your liver being extremely bad off without getting into like the the medical terminology. And then my adrenal glands were comp- they were pretty much failing. They couldn't support anything. That's why my blood pressure was so messed up. Hmm. Uh, I was really sick, full of chemicals and full of toxins in my body, and I had parasite problems. I mean, I had it all. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. Okay, hello my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we are talking to my buddy, Michael Vasquez. He is actually someone who is local to me, but no, I did not just pick him because I happen to know him. We're not even best friends or anything like that. We've only seen each other a couple of times in person, but this guy has a heck of a story, long enough and interesting enough that we actually ended up doing two parts here. And it, there was another reason we did that. It was kind of two separate topics. There was the practical, well, depending on how practical you consider some of his stuff because this guy is someone who's done an 18-day water fast at one point. (laughs) Um, Practical in the sense that it's directly health-related, you know, there's strategies with that, all that type of thing, are the type of things that we're used to. But then in part two, we're talking about relationship healing and Michael and his wife, Nikki, have a story that is probably one you've never heard something like, I think is extremely rare. I don't know how they overcame what they overcame, but they did it, and they have one of the best relationships that I know of. It's pretty amazing stuff. And so it was kind of perfect because the timing that I'd normally like to finish up at around 50 minutes, that's when we started transitioning naturally into this other topic. So I just thought, hey, this is a perfect part two. So today in this first part, we're going to be covering a lot of his health journey, the symptoms that he went through, and then all of the various things he had to learn to get to where he's at now. With that all said, although this story is amazing and would be incredible for anyone to listen to, even if they're not in the medicine space or functional medicine space, I should say, what I want you to keep in mind is one thing. Michael had to go through the ringer and experience all this different stuff, try so many different healing modalities before he found something that worked for him. 
This is the entire point of us doing this podcast. FDN is a proven system. It has been around for over two decades. We have worked indirectly with tens of thousands of people. I say indirectly because it's not like FDN, the company, is working with these people. It's our practitioners that are out there doing this work. It's probably over 100,000 at this point, I would imagine, but I'd rather underestimate that kind of stuff because the number is still impressive. I know Reed Davis alone has, the founder of FDN, has worked with over 10,000 people in his time doing this work. It's pretty crazy to think about how many people that is to work with and look at their labs. That's that's nuts. I know it's hard to manage even 10 people sometimes, let alone go through 10,000 uh, in any amount of time, let alone in two decades. So with that all said, Michael had to go through a lot of different things to finally find something that works, and that's why we bring you FDN. It is it is a system, it's predictable, it's something that works every single time. It might not work 100% the first try, or just like you know one round of labs and the person's 100% better. That might not be the case, but it is very, very rare that I see someone that goes through the FDN system, gives it an honest try, and is not seeing themselves feel 80% plus better within just a matter of months. That's how amazing this thing is. And then guess what? If you're one of those people that can't get to 100% with the, I'll call it quote unquote basic stuff, although it's certainly not basic, fundamentals would be a better word. We still have the other things here for you to course correct and figure out what that last 10 or 20% might be for you. That's why we have the advanced courses. That's why we have the additional mentorship. That's why we have our group of professionals who are available to you post-graduation if you choose to join that group. With that said, though, there's a lot of things that Michael's going to share in his story that might be a little different than what we do at FDN, but it's still very useful. It's an incredible journey, and I think if nothing else, this is going to inspire you to hang in there because this person was at a pretty low place with their health, with their relationship, and he's been able to turn this around. I think, again, if nothing else, it's really inspiring, and that's why I'm really happy to be able to bring you this episode in two parts. So a little bit about Michael himself. He began his journey as a coach at a young age by coaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, and various other martial arts. He used martial arts as a way to kind of reach kids who were in need of a positive activity and to bring some positive transformation to their lives. Through proper education in the raw, living food lifestyle, realignment with his core values, and mentorship, he is now a professional, certified coach who has dedicated his life to helping humanity. Michael is a professional lifestyle medicine and life coach. He earned a lifestyle medicine certification from Hippocrates Health Institute, which is kind of a cool place. I would recommend looking that up. It's a little different than what we do, but I find it fascinating, the stories that come out of there. And if I'm not mistaken, we've had one other person on the podcast who went through that. I actually know someone locally who went through that and had an incredible cancer transformation with it. Um, He also went through a life coaching or got a life coaching diploma from Noble Manhattan, USA. He is an accredited practitioner coach through the International Authority for Professional Coaching and Mentoring. And additionally, because of course we needed some more stuff here, he graduated from the Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans program from Purdue University and is a member of the Semperfi and America's Fund Business Apprenticeship program. Um, Michael was a Marine, so kind of cool. I have found it fascinating how many people we've had on this show that were in the military. I don't know what the correlation between that is and holistic health, but it seems to be happening. 
A few staples that Michael has in his life that he thinks are really important and he wanted to share with you are that he has a steady practice and study of Ashtanga Yoga. He has mentorship from one of the closest people in his life, Taita Pedro, who is a traditional indigenous ancestral doctor, pretty cool, and simply continuing his education on top of all this. Michael continues to seek self-improvement because he lives under the understanding that a candle's light can only be as strong as the size of the flame. I think that's pretty interesting. And I hope that doesn't sound cheesy to you because Michael is, he's the real deal. Uh, There are very few people that, well, I'll say it this way. The life coaching thing is something that could get thrown around a lot. Maybe people don't like it. They kind of think it's cheesy. There are certain people, though, who have mastered certain things in life or done very well in them that I think they're worth listening to. Michael is one of the few people I know that I would absolutely say that is the case. I actually had him on a radio show that I used to do that was all about health. I did that before I started doing the FDN podcast, and people loved that episode. This guy is as real as they come. He's just raw. There is nothing that he will not tell you, and it's so authentic. I think it's very refreshing. There's no image that's trying to be put on. There's no ego involved. It's just a human being sharing the many flaws that he has, just like the rest of us. And then we're able to learn from that and those experiences that he had as he worked on these things. So without further ado, let us get to this amazing interview with Mr. Michael Vasquez. Here we go. All right, what's going on, my man? How are you? What's up, Evan? Great to be here. Yeah, we have with us Mr. Michael Vasquez, and he is someone who is actually relatively local to me in the Pennsylvania area. When I was doing my health radio show before I started the podcast with FDN, uh, he was one of the guys that came on. People loved that episode. You're just a... And I'm not just hyping you up, man, because I, I talk to everyone on these podcasts. It's public. People know that I don't just flatter everyone. You're one of those people. I can count the amount I've met in my life that have just so obviously done the work that they say that they've done. You just don't even believe some of the stories that you share. And that's a good thing, right? You're like, I went through this. I did that. I had this happen. And I remember driving back in the car with you from the radio show. I'm like, what the hell did you do? <laughs> you know, yeah, because you've, yeah. just, you've used that in the most positive way to impact your life. And um, I know Nikki's life as well, your wife. So we'll shout her out at the end because she's doing some interesting things that awesome. aren't necessarily health related, right? But I feel like we'll be well received in our community. So we'll shout that out too. Cool. Uh, but with that, with that said, we always start with the same question on this show show. And what that is, is just what did your health symptoms look like? And when did they start for you? I'll start off with the when did they start? (laughs) And then I'll get into what they were. So I got medically uh, separated from the military in 2013, 2014 areas when I left the the Marines. (laughs) And I left that because I was so chronically ill that I was not able to function. I was I was completely debilitated. I'd pass out if you told me to lift something over like mm. 50, 60, 70 pounds. I literally would like just pass out. I would be so tired. If you told me to walk to the mailbox and back, I would have to go take a nap. Mm. Essentially what it was is extreme debilitating chronic fatigue. I had liver um, failure uh, symptoms going on. I would like wake up in the middle of the night. I'd start dry heaving. Yeah. I'd have watery in the mouth, and, and typically that is a sign of your liver being extremely bad off. Without getting into like the the medical terminology, and then my adrenal glands were comp- they were pretty much failing. They couldn't support anything. That's why my blood pressure was so messed up. Hmm. Uh, I was really sick, full of chemicals, 
and full of toxins in my body and I had parasite problems. I mean, I had it all. So uh, all that was from, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, I was, I was exposed to some really nasty stuff. And not to mention the foods that we were eating sometimes were not cooked all the way. They weren't Jeez. hygienic sometimes. And just over a while, and not to mention, you know, I had an alcohol problem, an extreme binge drinking problem, which anybody knows you don't have to be have any real sense to you to know that that destroys your body so coming out around that time frame i was pretty much i was 26 years old and i thought my life was over that's pretty much that's pretty much where i was at before i started down my journey of getting better (laughs) wow i was just about to ask because i know that you're not certainly not an old guy now i'm like how old were you back then and so yeah it's like crazy to think like I'm 26 now, and this was all going on where you feel like basically your life's over already. I can't even imagine that feeling at this age, right? Like you feel like you're just getting into it in a sense. I was the, and then depression and anxiety and all that kicks in because, yeah, 26, <laughs> you're a baby still, you know? Yeah. What, um, what led you to going and serving in the military? I'm curious. Uh, I had something pretty much. I had the closest person in my life. He, he pretty much – he he left me you know he, t- he took his own life he's my brother my best friend and then i didn't really know what to do in the world and i was just a complete and utter chaos and i i figured i was either gonna end up dead or end up in jail one of the two just the way that i was living and i was like you know what what what, what can i do here you know i was i was into mixed martial arts pretty heavily i was a very physically fit man for I went in at 21 years old. I was 185 pounds, six foot. I mean, I was like exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I just went into the recruiting office one day and I said, hey, um, I want to join. I joined the infantry. And pretty much a few months later, I didn't talk to my parents about it. My girlfriend, who's my wife at the time, I just shipped out and knew I needed to get away. Like I needed something hardcore to snap me out of what I was in. So went off to the Marines and... And that was my, my saga with that. Gotcha. I'm assuming you meant wife that was the girlfriend at the time, right? Yeah. My girlfriend yeah. at the time now is now my <laughs> wife. So I've been with the right, right. same girl through... through I, I might have said that backwards. No, yeah. Um, I'm just messing with you because obviously yeah. I know that. But it came out funny. Yeah, most people don't go in reverse order like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So I'm just messing. Um, all right, man. Well, dang. Yeah, I always... I've had quite a few people on here, uh, interestingly enough, because... The health issues don't discriminate, so you're going to get all backgrounds. Had quite a few people that served in the military and stuff, and I'm always interested how people get into that and if that has any relation to the health stuff. And I know that that's not a place where you go, and it's it's not really the ultimate example of health. I mean, many people with certain conditions can't even get in. I mean, technically, I, I don't subscribe to these diagnoses that I got at 18 anymore at all, but like certain diagnoses that I had would not allow me to get into the military. Yeah. And I think that's because they know that, yeah, you're going to trigger a lot of these issues if you go 100%. eat the crap food and just work people to exhaustion yeah it's not gonna yeah. go well <laughs> the the modern the public doesn't even know the half of it and i'm not i'm not talking down to the way that we're treated but i mean your body is pushed to the utter limit you have no time for recovery most of the time and the food that we were living on is something called MREs. You know, we literally lived on this food. When we were in Afghanistan, that's all we ate. And then even when we're back home, I'd say for, for guys like me, 80% of their diet is out in the field and you're eating MREs too. And, you know, that food's got a 10 to 12-year shelf life. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So you're, so going you're back eating MREs forth. that could be years old. 
Yeah, you're going back and forth between 10 and 12 year shelf life and stuff that's barely even cooked. That's your diet, basically. Well, when, yeah, then when you're in Afghanistan, you know, you drive by like this little this little hut and some guy's selling you this piece of pita bread with God knows what on it. And you're just so hungry. You're sick of eating the same thing. And you're just like, I want it for 30 cents. And you just ate some nasty stuff. And years yeah. later, it, it, it turns out to still be in you. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly right quite literally yeah. um that's kind of scary yeah but uh and that's not going to be great for health so you were feeling i mean as good as you could feel i guess before this probably not mentally and emotionally well with all the things that happened to you but physically like you said you're doing the martial arts everything's going well so you get out of the military basically because of this health stuff at what point though because maybe it was that point maybe it wasn't when do you realize that you have a serious problem going on here. I knew it when I came. I knew it. Okay. Like, I mean, I couldn't function. I was sleeping twenty hours a day. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't deal with. I couldn't deal with anything and because when your body is in such a compromised state, then the anxiety and depression and all that kicks in because you know you're wrestling with yourself and you know you're a grown man and literally you you carry your wife's groceries in and like you're done for the day. You know, you are, you're walking on eggshells about everything that you do. You choose in your day what to do. Am I going to go to the grocery store today or am I going to go to the post office? Because that's, wow. I only got enough in me for one. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty Damn. much where I was at. So. That's that's real chronic fatigue and and more, obviously. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's serious stuff. And I think, unfortunately, in today's world, the average person might not understand that or they hear that and they're like, what, what does that even mean? It's a really debilitating thing for people. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of support from it from the Western side. And that's leads me to my next question. So, you know, there's a problem. What is the first thing that you actually do about this to help this out? Did you take a more traditional route to begin with? Uh, I tried everything under the sun, uh, everything under the sun. I mean, every single Western medicine, I, I saw every doctor in the book. They didn't know what to do with me. Uh, really, what what changed the what started me down the natural, uh, holistic side of things is my wife was working at a wellness center at the time, mm-hmm. and I did my first enema. And then I did my first enema, and now uh, up until that point, I slowly started to realize. Oh, I'm going to back up. I watched a documentary called The Miracle of Life. It was on Netflix before it got banned. I don't know if it's on there anymore. The Miracle of Life talked about the Gerson therapy. (laughs) The Gerson therapy, I'm sure a lot of people on here have heard about it. That man did amazing work. Amazing, I actually haven't, so yeah, feel free to get into that. I have not heard of that. Dr. Gerson, 76 out of 100 stage 4 lung cancer patients became completely free. Wow. I mean, this this guy's protocols were amazing. Enemas were a huge part of it. Special juices, detoxification protocols. So when I came across that video, I started to just implement some of this, started to change the way that I was eating, and I felt started to get better. So I started to connect the dots between lifestyle, food, you know, stuff that I never was told. We don't think about that stuff. And I started to change that. And then I did my first enema. And I felt like this fog lift out of my brain. Mm. And then I dove into bowel. I started researching bowel cleansing. I started to study Dr. Bernard Jensen, Dr. Morris's stuff, Arnold Errett's stuff. Um, You know, I even looked into Gandhi's work when he was fasting. I started fasting. Mm. I started juice fasting. I started to not just like do it, but I studied, I studied it. And, and then I got 
the wellness center that my wife worked at, I went through some protocols with them. And I started to realize supplementation is a tool and how to use all this stuff. And I, it just was like gasoline for me at that point. I was fueling my own fire and I just went down that path even more. That's so cool. And I mean, yeah. it's never cool might be the wrong word. It's interesting to no, me. Oh, it's because, cool. I mean, yeah, it, is. it, it life, just stinks yeah. that you had to find all this stuff through this suffering, right? But that at the same time, people like us almost universally always say that we're so glad that it happened because it led to this 100%. great life with purpose. It connects us to our, I mean, even you, your story, the whole mental health thing from mm-hmm. when you were a kid. Like if we, if we don't have the trial by fire, then our lives are the greatest testimony, the greatest medicine mm-hmm. on the planet. Yeah. And I'm a man that does not care about, I roughly care about science, but not really. Because mm-hmm. anecdotal evidence for me, experience, and if I have... 10 people tell me that this works for them, but yet there's no science to back it up. I don't care. That doesn't even come into my brain. If 10 people tell me and I talk to them and I inquisitively question them and I learn that, wow, this thing did help those 10 people, I don't need any more proof. I'll try it. I am my own. I am my own science experiment. And, you know, there's a lot of validity to that, uh, Michael, like that has someone has to do that. Yes, we, I think we need people that do the studies and, and read this stuff that has application as well. But if we would never make progress if there wasn't people like you. How do you form a hypothesis if there's no one that's looking right. at anything but the science? You would that's never what I mean. There's people from both worlds. I'm just right. – I'm on this side of the world. You know. Well, well that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean mm-hmm. in a sense, if you actually think about it, if people think about it, science kind of can exist without people like you because it's the people that are in the world actually asking these questions and saying, wait, maybe that works. That forms the hypothesis to be tested by yeah. the scientific method. If you don't even have that, chances are you're not just coming up with something randomly. Chances are you saw, hey, wait a second. It seems like when I go do that or when I do this, this seems to work. Maybe I can prove this. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that thing works here. Maybe this works here too. So it actually all starts with that. I think that has a lot of validity and I appreciate um, you sharing that with people because you have great results for yourself and you get great results for your clients. So the one thing I want to um, back up on a little bit, when you got out of the military and you're dealing with all this health stuff, were you eating a completely standard American diet at least initially? Yeah, I mean, when when I came home, uh, I was drinking, you know, I was eating the typical stuff. And like, I, I mean, my, when I, I would say I was about as, I was not, not as bad as you possibly could get, but I had no idea that food had anything to do with my health. You know, I never, yeah. I did know that cause I used to go to the gym and I used to have to cut weight all the time for my competitions and everything. So I knew lean, what eating lean was and I knew how to like take weight on and off. But when it terms, when it comes to like your internal landscape, the <laughs> functioning of your liver, your kidneys, your gallbladder, the, the, the digestion tract that is your small and large intestine, like the internal landscape of all that. No, I wasn't eating for that. So, but like I said, what changed me literally overnight i went and threw everything out of my fridge and i went and bought new stuff was that miracle of life documentary that i saw that is what game changed me i stopped i knew the fast food had to go i knew i had to start cooking my own meals i knew i had to start drinking only water that was my biggest thing i quit drinking i quit the soda i quit any liquid 
that wasn't a fresh fruit or vegetable juice, and I drink on- and I drank only water. That was the, one of the biggest steps that I made. Holy cow! Okay, I, I got two things for that. One is when you got to that documentary, were was that sheer luck in a sense, or were you actively seeking like, hey, like I know the Western stuff's not really working for me, so I need to keep trying alternative I was, things. I was so sick, I was just seeking and seeking and seeking, and I think got it. That's an element that I love working on with my clients because I call it I call it the internal the internal guidance system. Mm-hmm. And I have a like in my heart I feel that the internal guidance system is the only thing that can truly heal someone because the internal guidance system is the directional the road signs in your life that's going to take you to where mm-hmm. you need to go. And it's a blessing for guys like us that work with people in the capacity because if we if we realize that we could be a stepping stone for someone, we're not the end all be all, but we are in that path for them to find their true healing. Then it, it's a different role to play. It's allow it. It I work with to, to figure out what wants to happen within their human body and their consciousness, and that's what was happening within me. It's like I I found a first stepping stone and then everything just started to compile literally I've, I've had books fall off the shelf for me and i pick it up um well i'm not gonna say it fell off the shelf but like i fell over one time and this book was sticking out just like a little bit yeah and i, I my eyes went right to it and i went and bought it on amazon and like that was a book also that like changed my life so like when wow. i see <laughs> books fall off the shelf i mean like stuff stands out to you in that way mm-hmm. i just started to follow the the breadcrumbs i think generally speaking that's a really well-received type of thing on this podcast i know i'd kind of mentioned something like that before and yeah. i certainly know it's well received by me it's steve jobs had talked about the dots always connect when you look back but i found yeah. when we increase that awareness or have that maybe internal guidance system that you're talking about i said that right i'm sorry internal guidance oh system. yeah yeah okay um when we have that you actually can kind of get to this point, and I'm sure I have plenty to go with this, but I got to this point where I can see the dots as they're happening. You realize mm. instantly the significance of that book that you just saw. And you're like, holy cow, something good's coming, right? And, and it happens live right there. Now, of course, to me, it always makes even more sense when I look back. I'm like, wow, this had to happen in this perfect way, and it led me to where I need to be today. But I find this so often with these people I talk to on here with their healing journeys. It's like, it is so hard for me to buy that this isn't exactly what they're supposed to be doing because everything that led to this gives them this passion and this life and this vibrancy, a yeah. love for their career, things that are so unique, it seems, unfortunately, yeah. for most people. But it's universal in this space, and it's it's a wonderful thing. It's just cool. Um, I like to believe, if nothing else, that we kind of chose these paths and we're exploring and learning while we're here on this earth and this human body. One hundred percent. Yeah, these dots are happening. Um, cool. So with that said, I like that you brought up. I want to just say Please. one thing though. Please. You know, we we we've had an explosion of information in the past, especially since the pandemic hit. Like everything is online now. Mm-hmm. So it's like when we tap into that internal guidance system you have an infinite library of knowledge to sort through. And the only way to sort through it and to find what's right for you is to, is to feel that and, and to tap into that right feeling. Otherwise, yeah. it's, you're going to get overwhelmed. That, yeah. Well, you know, I, we've obviously, uh, you've seen this locally. I believe Eric talked about this, my partner with the Late Therapy Studio. Yes. Dude, I, haven't, I don't really tell people this, but obviously I'm willing to with this group. This came, the whole studio, I was meditating. I was asking for what I need to do next. 
I had never thought about a light therapy studio before. 20 minutes later, I'm driving. Bam. I'm like, okay, that's good. I call Katz. I said, hey, you wanted to do something with lights before, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I will be honest where this idea just came from. I was totally meditating. Like, I have nothing to back this up 100% yet. But I'm pretty positive about this one. And you know I'm skeptical with that stuff. So when I say it, I mean it. He's like, let me know how much it is. We'll figure it out. And here we are. Like, that's actually how this started. And yes, eight years ago, nine years ago to me, that would have been borderline schizophrenic. Right? I would have been like, you are out of your mind, man. I need medical treatment. But it is so weird how all of these perfect things happen when you learn to tap in and trust those dots as they're happening. I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but something's here. And of course, you know, people are reaching out to us and hitting us up all the time. Like, oh, I wanted this. I can't believe I, you guys have this or are doing this here. It's like, yeah, go figure. And you just learn to not be worried. It's actually a really great state to live in. Uh, even though trials and tribulations have come up with this. It's like, no, nah, it's going to be fine. This came to me. It's going to be fine. Yup. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it. Perfectly. Yeah. I mean, perfect example. And that's <laughs> that's it, man. <laughs> cool. So um, you had mentioned the enema thing. I actually think that's funny because... I'm glad that that helped you so much. FDN actually teaches about coffee enemas and stuff like that. I probably out of all the things I have done in this program, I did everything religiously. I have not gone with that yet. So maybe it is time. From my understanding, you even got Eric to do it, right? I I recommended it to him. Okay, uh, awesome. (laughs) Because he was just talking to me about some issues he was having. And I know, and you put him on a a parasite thing, I think. Mm -hmm. And I... Whenever anyone is on a any sort of protocol, like an enema is is because when our colon starts to dump and to try to evacuate what what it is we're scrubbing out of the system. I mean, the enemas mm-hmm. just facilitate so much. And what the the beauty thing about the coffee does is it stimulates that nerve up into the liver, so the liver really dumps all that bile that could be trapped up in there and everything and. Mm-hmm. You you don't want to overdo it on the coffee enemas, but they are a beautiful tool to have. And really cool. Yeah. All right, I might have to give it a shot. I gotta just. You'll feel better, man. And if you don't want to start with the coffee, just start with distilled water enemas. I think that might be a good move for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take it slow. Yeah. Right. So you you watch this documentary, things changed, and oh, that's sorry, I wanted to ask that as well. You said you stopped drinking. Was it really? Like that much of a hey, I'm overnight. just gonna stop the next day. Overnight, I stop. Overnight, wow. I stop drinking. Yep. And this, I don't want to. I use this word, but it might. I think I already know this because I think you told me this before. And I'm assuming if you're binge drinking daily, that classifies as addiction, right? Oh, I, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <Totally. laughs> just to be clear, all right. Oh yeah. Um, I uh, was, what the I hell was that awakening. like? It was a total awakening. I woke up and I I haven't had a. I don't want to say I never will touch it again because that's like pressure on myself. Or like I, on things, I just say I don't foresee myself ever wanting to touch it again. It's not that I even look at it as bad, but certainly like the way that I was treating myself with it, it wasn't good for my life. I woke up the next day and I just didn't look at it the same. Wow, you know, and uh, that was that started it changed everything. Did that? I mean, because I know how powerful this stuff can be. Did that awakening, as you call it, did that lead to a lack of withdrawal? Or was it just an ability to withstand the withdrawal? Because most people Actually, that stop I, all of a sudden. I didn't have any. I didn't have any. I mean, I probably, I mean, as bad as I was feeling, I could have. Because not okay. only did I feel that bad, like I was sick all the time. The, the gnarliest flu and cold, seven to eight months out of the year, I was in that state when I came home. So I was always, always, always 
sickness, upper respiratory, like ears, just eyes gooing. Like I was a mm. mess. So damn, I could have, I could have been going through some of that too. I, I wouldn't even notice the difference. I was just <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, if you're that bad already, geez, I man. was just bad. Okay. How does this eventually lead to going to the Hippocrates Healing Institute? We've had, I believe, one or two other people on that have, have been through that program. But And I, I could be wrong here, so correct me, please, if I am. To me, you going to there and, and learning about that stuff, that was probably a pretty pivotal moment for you with the health stuff, correct? That's when I knew I was going to start working with people. That's what okay. connected me to knowing that that's where I wanted to take my life. <laughs> and what broke me into that... Because Hippocrates is like wadding. It's very niche. Some <laughs> people, they hear about it and they want nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> it is, uh, it's, it's like, it's very niche and it's, it's very intense. Hey guys, it is Detective Ev here popping in really quick. I know that you're loving this episode and you're thinking, wow, he is totally right. This is very intense and very niche. <laughs> but maybe you'd like to go do something like this. Here is the good news. You don't have to get intense and you don't have to get super niche to be an FDN. And if you've been considering the course or thinking about doing this type of work, and maybe that's why you listen to this podcast, we now have a way that you can try the course completely risk-free, no credit card required, nothing like that. We know for a fact that there are people out there who really want to do this thing, and we need to make sure that those people can see it. And if you don't want to do it, then there's no harm, no foul. But the people that actually like this and are like me, they get to try the course and they're thinking, wow, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Well, you're going to sign up and everyone's going to win. Everyone's going to be happy. <laughs> so what you can do is go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN, and that will actually allow you to try the first module of the course. That is fdntraining.com slash try FDN. Okay. Back to the episode. But it's beautifully intense, but it takes dramatic lifestyle changes. So I was, I decided when I was researching fasting, I started to research what uh, Dr. Shelton was doing, and I, I slipped into a fast, okay? And during this time, I also, right before I slipped into the fast, I pretty much broke my back. So I had a lot of pain going on too. I herniated like three of my three or four of my discs right in a row in my low back, which I am able to connect the dots into. That was part of my, the reason I was so sick is what calls that. It's our gut and our back and all that. But that's another thing down the road. <clears throat> so once I connected those things, I slipped into a water fast and I did like an 18 day water fast. And I'm in my <laughs> water fast and I'm feeling better and better and better every single day that I'm fasting. My body is just I just feel my body like turning back on. And the whole time I'm fasting, I'm down in California seeing a special chiropractor and I was getting adjusted four times a day while I was fasting because I, I, I knew in my head, I'm like, I need to dedicate all the energy to my adjustment. When I'm fasting, my body's in the, in the best healing state. So I went off, I mean, my chiropractor kind of looked at me like I was a little bit nuts because I was like, <laughs> I was starting to look like I was fasting after about two weeks because, but it was amazing the healing that my body went through. I probably years of healing in a month. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sitting there and I start reading this book or maybe it was a video on Hippocrates and it just clicked on me and I'm like, I need to do that. The diet essentially and I came home after my fast. I redid my kitchen. I went all in. 
and then I went and I studied with them and they and I got a life coaching diploma from a company that partnered with them and also their their health or their lifestyle medicine and uh, mentoring certificate. So I studied with them for almost two or three years in their different programs that they had and then I was just all in for there for people and I was living I learned deeply their supplementation protocols or detoxification protocols. I mean, we grow our own plants in our home. Mm-hmm. How, I teach people how to grow the plants, how to juice them, all sorts of stuff. There are protocols I help people bring into their life. And wow. that's how it all happened for me. That's an 18-day water fast. Were you, um, was that any calories at all or just like salt, water, water, stuff like that? Did you use electrolytes? No, just water. Wow. Okay. That's the, all right. That's definitely yeah, was, one of the... It was beautiful. <laughs> Jeez, man. It kind of makes sense in, in a way because I never really understood the whole – I do think the electrolytes work very well. I don't think you're going to like ruin your fast with that, of course. But at the same time, I also realized our ancestors who would have had to fast at certain points, I don't. they're not putting the sodium and potassium in or the magnesium and all these things. So I think if you have the right quality water, you could probably avoid that. Now, just to be clear for everyone, I rarely say this on the show, but with this one, it's especially true. Not medical advice. Don't be trying 18-day water fasts without – you know, the proper supervision or you getting checked first. Yeah. Uh, and there's ways to end those types of fasts. That's yes. different than a 48-hour water fast, folks. You end an 18-day the wrong way, you might end up in the hospital. You will. So, uh, you, could be, you, will you will be damaged. Yeah. Not, so it can be a beautiful thing, right, if it's done correctly. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to uh, break down the hypocrisies thing a little bit because – This is what I love about this job, if we can even call it that. I feel like jobs associated with something we don't like. I absolutely love it. So I don't know if this counts as that. In the world of FDN, we do interview a lot of FDN practitioners on here. We have people with incredible stories, cancer remission, autoimmune remission. It's all the time. Most of those people, not all, the vast majority, though, have done this with an animal-based diet. And from my understanding, Hippocrates is the exact opposite of that. Now, I promised myself when I got into this space because I realized how much misinformation there was and dogma there was, I am never going to become dogmatic. I am like you in this sense where I want to know who got results. I don't care what you did. If you said I jumped on a pogo stick five times a day and it healed my body, I want to know what worked. And you have legitimate healing uh, results. And I know this just from knowing you. I I can verify this, right? So to me, I don't care if it goes away from the normal thing on this show. And what you are about to hear, guys, might not be for you, and that's fine. But I want to know what worked for you because you have some of the most exceptional results that I've seen. So Hippocrates, yes, is, from my understanding, a raw vegan thing. I'll leave it at that. What else is Hippocrates? Like you go down there and you do what? Uh, the, the difference that really makes Hippocrates what it is, it's not only raw plant-based, but it's, it's living foods. So the, the, when you go and you do their three-week three transformation there, which they take in any sort of condition that, that you can probably have as a human being at this point, and they have, they have a, a process for you, is that the foods that you eat, they're not just raw, but they're still alive when you eat them. So, and what that means is 80% of your diet on 100% Hippocrates, like you are... You are all in, right? You need to heal a, a real serious issue. It's mm-hmm. going to be sprouts. 80% of it will be, will be fresh, freshly juiced vegetable juices, special juices with sprouts, and also you eat special sprouts. So when you eat sprouts, 
they are still alive, fully alive. They they're they're still growing. Their their uh, energy you can still see with the special cameras. They're still glowing. They're still alive. And when you consume these plants, the consciousness of the plants, the biophotonal energy of the plants go into your system, and that life force binds with your life force, and that's where the healing comes from of the body. So you learn all that when you're there, and you learn how to grow them. And you learn how to implement them into your life, and that's essentially the that's like the workhorse of the process. But when you're there, you're going to be doing it in plants of wheatgrass two times a day. You're going to be getting a clonic or a lymphatic massage almost, I think, a couple times a week, depending on the protocols you're on. They do a lot of quantum healing. They have a lot of quantum healing machines and bioscanning machines and all sorts of things that they don't really advertise that work wonders with people. Like They'll pick a parasite out of your body like this, specifically the one that you have. Or they'll pick a hmm. chakra out in your body that is, that is weak, or they'll pick an organ out of your body that is weak. Or something, and that way you know really what to target. Uh, they do a very, really cool blood testing on a on a on a very uh, micro and macro macronutrient level that actually shows how your cells are absorbing the nutrition, not just that it's in your body, but actually how your cells are taking in all the different organic uh, minerals and vitamins that your body is taking in, and how it's converting to energy. So they really look at things on that scale, but the workhorse of the Hippocrates program is the food. Okay, wow. That's just so much different than uh, even a lot of the people in the holistic space. And you're not the only person I know personally, let alone what I've heard online, that has had incredible results uh, by going and doing stuff like that. So guys, am I all for... FDN training and, and becoming a practitioner, yeah, that's a wonderful way to be able to do this work. But I think any good FDN is going to be able to really not get locked in that box that probably got you your own health issues. You had a practitioner or practitioners that were so stuck in the one or two modalities that they use that they couldn't see what else might work for you or ever learn that stuff. So yes, I mean, this is probably one of the best ways to become a trained practitioner to actually help people. I do believe that, but always make sure that we're open to other things as well because it, it worked very well for you. And my friend, um, I don't know if you know her. Do you know Connie Guerin? No. I do okay, not. Connie Guerin's local. She's in Doylestown. She went there as well. Uh, she had breast cancer. No mm. Western intervention whatsoever at any time. Didn't mm. even start with that. Yeah. Went down there, 12 years cancer-free. Yeah. Still to this day. So. That's there, it's very, very, very common, the same mm -hmm. story, because uh, women just need to get that lymph draining. And also what Hippocrates teaches you is how to live. You know, like what's toxic in your life and what's not and just pertaining to that is if women only knew how damaging deodorant bras the bras that they wear mm -hmm. are to their female body i mean just those two things you stop wearing the perfumes the dirty makeups and the deodorant and those bras that stifle and clog your lymphatic system so those so those lymph so your lymph up here doesn't get all mm -hmm. clogged and um, let me tell you what, then you, you, just doing those things, you, have, you will minimize your risk so much. 
Cool. I see you're really smart because I've gotten so technical over the years. You just gave a message that everyone wants to hear. What man or woman does not want to hear go braless, right? You're sending good messages out there. I've been trying to teach about the sun, all this biochemical crap. I should have just asked people, do you want to be tan? They say, yeah. All right. I'll show you how to be tan then. And then you get all the benefits as a side result, right? So we're sending good messages here on the Health Detective Podcast for sure. How were you feeling by the time that you got to Hippocrates? I know that you still had some work to do, but like, were you in that crazy messed up place or were no. you doing overall pretty good? By that point, I was I was doing really good. I've done a, I did a lot of work on myself up until Great. that point. I was pretty much like living the diet. But what Hippocrates taught me was just how to dial it in. And it gave me the science behind it. It gave me how to implement it with people. It really made me like a professional at it because at that point I kind of was like, you know, we can only take ourselves so far. But then I I was meeting people that, you know, like Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who runs, he was a, he gave a ton of lectures in the course that I took. He runs a, uh, a center out in Arizona. And I mean, this guy hundreds of people he is uh diabetes gone you know that's what Mm -hmm. he really his center specializes in even type one two i think two out of three people he'll get off insulin yeah you know i've seen it in type one it's not something many people want to talk about we are not told this stuff Mm -hmm. we are not told that these are possibilities so it doesn't matter what route you take it's like when you hear someone that has gotten better from an ailment that you possess too, you can follow the same path. You might not have the same path, but it's always a place to start. Because mm-hmm. you go yeah. that way, that's you overturning a rock. The universe is going to be like, oh, wow, you're serious. You're going to take, you're going to do it this route. And then it's mm-hmm. going to send you another sign that this, that might not be exactly for you. This guy might be better for you. So we have to follow. The, so I, I learned all these different doctors or, or nurse practitioners or, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people there that work there that would come in and speak. Uh, Gerald Pollack, he, he wrote the book oh, on the fourth phase of water. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that'll blow your mind if you really think about what that man says and what he did because a bunch of other scientists tried to prove him wrong and they all came up with the same conclusion he did which is that energy in our water, in our blood, and how to maximize that for our life. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. So when I got exposed to all that, I just kept going down all these different rabbit holes that I learned about, and, uh, and it just kept growing for me. So cool, man. It's just a beautiful thing. It's so much fun going through the the process, especially when we're on that upside, you know, because you, you only need a little progress to be truly inspired by this. Yeah. When you're binge drinking, feeling all this crap, and then you get that first 5%, you're like, whoa, I'm on to something. Oh, yeah. This is good. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what you talked about is just the idea of knowing that this is possible. And that's one of my favorite reasons uh, for doing this podcast is regardless of what someone's coming on with, yes, we do have a ton of people from the FDN program having these incredible healing stories. But to me, it's just the simple idea of having another human being come on and share some stuff that others are dealing with right now. And they think that's like an ultimatum. They're stuck there. It can't get better. In fact, the opposite. It's only going to get worse. Couldn't be farther from the truth for most conditions. Yeah, I mean, if people only just get away from the 5G, go outside and get in the sun and put your feet on the ground and eat health, what vegan, non-vegan, whatever, whole food, 
pure, non-processed is the place to start. No, that's an easy decision for you. And get out in nature away from the news, away from that stuff that plagues your mind. Because mm-hmm. when the physical body goes to get sick, it comes out in many different ways. Not every, Everyone can live the same lifestyle, but your body is damaged in different ways. It's going to come out with different symptoms. That is not the problem. Look at your life and always resort to the inner, inner landscape of your body and... It'll, it'll guide you. Gotcha. So when did you get to a place? I know that you're obviously someone who's always learning and studying, but man, I mean, again, even when I talked to you a couple of years ago, let alone now, you just seem like a vibrant guy, full of energy, full of life. So when did you get to that point? Was that post Hippocrates or even before that? Was were you like that? Because like, you really figured this stuff out. It seems when, when I met you, I was, I was been on the path for a couple of years Okay. And I mean, I'm 34 now. I think I studied with Hippocrates when I was on like 28, 29. Nice. It's been about five years, I think, since I've been done with them. And I really went out and started working with people. And during that time, you know, I also was, I've talked to you about this before. You said, oh, I could bring it up. Ayahuasca was a huge, during the entire, when I was, when I, that is, was a huge catalyst that kept helping my consciousness evolve to bring in the new information into my life. It's been with me for every single step of the way ever since I found it. And it's, it's, it, that is what turned on my guidance system. I can okay. like, that is what really sparked it for me to find those feelings within me. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Taita that I work with, uh, Taita is, is kind of another name for a shaman. He's, he's from mm-hmm. Columbia. And he said to me when he first met me, he goes, you're very sick. And he goes, but I'm going to help you see what's in front of you, and you're going to learn to feel your life. And I didn't know what that meant, but when we're sick, especially guys coming out of the military, our feelings, we are cut off from our feelings. When we're sick, we're not feeling. Our feelings will guide you in life, and we are told the complete opposite since the day that we're born. But the feelings come from the higher, and those feelings are the signal for you to go left or right on your road or straight or up or down or whatever, if it's right or wrong for you. And when I, the, so once I tapped into those feelings and I wor- started working and building a relationship with ayahuasca during this whole time, that's been a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of my work when I help people integrate their experiences into their life with the life coaching that I do. And so just all of it was just a a big, beautiful woven experience for me during all that. Yeah. And we had, um, we haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but we had a guy, Corey Firth. He was released not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago. And he is someone who is an FDN. He's a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, but he also added on, uh, this side with the psychedelics. And I mean, he was, uh, my God, he had a huge role at the Canadian psychedelics, something I forget what it's oh, called okay. offhand. Um, but yeah, he was doing some big things with that. And you know, does our course teach about that or talk about that at all? No, no one's talking about that. But the point is, we still believe in bringing on, again, people with the results and people who talk about it professionally, right? I mean, for God's sake, Corey and Michael are not people that are hippies getting high in the woods, you know, um, right? This is something you're like, no, I've done that, actually. <laughs> I'm kidding. But the the point is, it's used in an appropriate way. And if we're going to talk about ancestral living, which we do all the time with mm-hmm. the world of FDN or this podcast. Well, we got to talk about all of ancestral living because there's yeah. a whole side that ancestral ancestors, medicine. Yeah. And um, 
I, I hope people realize too, because I'm not a, against it. I've never done anything like this. I've never even like planned to do something like that necessarily. But I still find it fascinating. And just like I don't, I'm not a raw vegan either. I don't even eat a re- vegan diet whatsoever. I still think it's important to share those things because what what might work for me might not work for another. And yeah, exactly. what I'm all about is what we talked about, bringing awareness to the possibility that these things can be healed. So regardless of the ayahuasca itself, I'm still curious about the result that it's given you with this guidance because it's so clear. Um, You and your wife, Nikki, are just deeply spiritual people, but it's real. That's what I love about you guys the most. It's so authentic. It's real. And that's not a condemnation towards others as like trying to say, oh, well, you're not real or you're fake. But maybe I'm even in that category where there's still this huge phase of like there's a lack of trust in it it's not truly integrated into their life where i feel like you guys man from the outside at least it just looks like you flow wonderfully through this because of the work that you've done how can someone get there and how can they do that maybe without something like ayahuasca because i know that you're a guy that thinks i mean i would believe that you believe probably that the psychedelics can be a great tool but maybe someone doesn't want to do that or that's not for them how can they try to tap into something like that sure yeah and i i just want to say that you know it's not everything is for everybody again, like what we've been Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, and sometimes when people have experiences, those experiences aren't just for themselves, which is why we share our testimony. And when someone Mm -hmm. comes to you and they simply share their experience, we can learn so much from their experiences. So maybe we don't have to go experience exactly what they experienced. (laughs) We just listen to them. (laughs) So well said. And when it comes to relationships, one thing, the reason why, uh, like literally, our relationship is the, one of the greatest lights in our life is because there is a level of transparency in our in our relationship that I I can honestly say that many people like I see many relationships don't have in their life. You know, if there, I I can honestly say like there's not a single single untruth in our life or something that I will not say out loud to my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if a man has a, a dream about sleeping with another woman, do you think he's going to go talk, talk, talk about that with his wife the next day? Well, I do. <laughs> I would assume most people would not do that. You know, or if she yeah. has a dream about that or, uh, um, I had, you know, we, we had to go through during my sickness. I had many affairs during all that because I was lost. And when all that had to get aligned and we went through our healing with all that, there is there is nothing in our life that we cannot talk about and it created a level of transparency that you can pretty much put a projector to each of our brains and there wouldn't be anything on there that we have to hide from each other and let alone the world mm-hmm. you know so there's nothing that we hide from each other there's there's nothing that we hide i mean we we've gone through healing deep levels of detoxification so there's nothing to hide about the physical body there's nothing <laughs> to hide about our soul the purpose is coming through in our life and it wasn't easy and it wasn't hard, but it was a choice. And when you start to walk down the path of being so vulnerable that you, you start to transform the vulnerability into power, because when you are vulnerable, that means no one can take anything away from you. But if you want to, if you want to be vulnerable by the world standards, that means that you're weak because the world knows the more vulnerability people allow themselves to have, the more powerful they're going to be. So when you're let go of the programming that we were brought up to be 
about not airing out your dirty laundry or don't tell the world this or she doesn't need to know that or anything like that. That's all the stuff that you need to be talking about. So when you allow yourself to become power, powerful in that way, you'll, you'll liberate yourself and you'll become extremely close to the, to the closest reality in your life, which is your relationship, that you're, that whoever you're with. I would assume that you believe the strength of this relationship and the healing of the relationship has a direct impact on one's physical health, correct? Yes, 100%. Okay. To, then, there, once you become aware of it. Sure. Then how about this? Because I know that you and I had kind of said before, like if it was just flowing, like let's let it go because we have the ability to do that. I'm flowing with this. I'm loving this. So I'm hoping that you're in the same boat. He's sipping water. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> All right, cool. Is it that time already? It, well, oh, it, man. we're actually. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So let's do it. We got a two-parter here, my friend. Um, And you know what? It's actually a really appropriate transitional time because I was kind of hoping that this would come up. And I'm glad that you brought this up. When Michael had came or come on the radio show that I used to do, it was only a 30-minute segment at the time. It wasn't a full hour yet. People loved what you said. And most of what you said had to do with the relationship that you have with your wife, Nikki. Mm -hmm. And even what you just brought up, if no one else heard anything else, they'd be like, whoa, like that's not like sleeping with another woman or sleeping with another man, right? It's not something people talk about or overcoming the affairs. So I think this is just such a cool time to transition and maybe uh, offer people some guidance with how healing the relationships in their lives can lead yeah. to better physical health. Because I know that's something that you help people with too, right? That's yep. part of the work. Okay, cool. Let's dive into that. Um, the first of all, I think we got to unpack one thing. How the heck did you even expose um, these affairs to Nikki in a way that she didn't just walk right out the damn door? Because most people, we're just saying most, most people would do something like that. And you guys have one of the most solid, obviously authentic relationships I've ever seen. And I mean that um, I can think of two other people, Vince and Carly, my friends, Vince and Carly have a very similar thing. You guys are up there. Something like I aspire to. So how the heck did you even present something like that? All right, guys, that'll do it for part one of our interview with Michael Vasquez. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I enjoyed talking to him. He is one of the few people in life that I don't know. He's just done such deep work on himself that I cannot help but completely look up to this guy and really just try to absorb every little lesson I can get from him when we're talking. Now, in part two, which will be out on Monday, we normally release on Mondays and Thursdays. And by normally, I mean all the time. <laughs> it always comes out at around 4 a.m. EST, so you'll have all day to check it out pretty much. We're going to take a different route. It's going to be about some pretty serious relationship stuff that him and his wife, Nikki, went through. There's also a crazy trip to South America, and I mean trip literally and figuratively. You're going to hear more about that in that episode. But man, this was, um, it was fun already, and it's about to take a completely different twist. It probably didn't even need to be two parts. I almost guarantee that you would have listened to this the entire way through. But I will not spoil anything. I will just say look out for that episode. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already subscribed to the podcast. Maybe this is your first episode listening. Uh, But you will automatically get the notification and the download then when this comes out on Monday at 4 a.m. EST. With that said, I hope you guys have a great weekend. We are looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. And take care until then.